Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. As Christians, we're instructed by Scripture to do many things. Of course, among them, to love our wives as ourselves, to honor our father and mother, and to be careful how we treat our own bodies, because they are a temple of the Holy Spirit. But then we run into a section of the Bible such as is found in Luke chapter 14, where the Lord Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and moreover, even his own soul life, he cannot be my disciple. Well, does the Bible, in fact, as alleged by many unbelievers, contradict itself? Well, of course, we know better. But what does it mean for us to hate such cherished ones, even to hate ourselves as the Bible intends? Ed Marks has joined us today for Fellowship from the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 14. Ed, welcome back to the program. Well, Chris, it's good to be back. And I think our listeners, I feel that we're really uh, going to receive something precious from this life study regarding our pursuit of the Lord and even this question about the seeming contradiction between these portions of Scriptures. I think this will be answered in our fellowship. Yeah, actually, we uh, we have farther in chapter 14 to go than just this uh, particular passage that we alluded to, but I wanted to kind of set it up as uh, an opening today, and then we're going to get further into the chapter and touch a couple of uh, matters that I think will be very fresh and very new to our listeners, and we trust in the Lord's mercy that there would be a lot of light today. But let's touch this one right now, this uh, passage that I just read in chapter 14. In what context, Ed, does the Lord use these words for us to hate our father, our mother, our wife and children, and eventually even ourselves? Yeah, Chris, what the Lord means here, of course, you know, as you pointed out, the scriptures clearly tell us that we need to honor our father and our mother, and we need to love them, uh, and we need to love our wife and our children. But intrinsically, what he's saying is we need to hate anything that frustrates, distracts, or hinders us from following him and from enjoying him to the uttermost. And the Lord realized that natural relationships, if we don't love the Lord above all, and our natural relationships can really hinder us from following the Lord absolutely and pursuing him absolutely. You know, Chris, I was even thinking after I got saved, you know, my father, who who I loved and honored to the uttermost, he was an unbeliever when I got saved. And he was very troubled by the change in me, very, very troubled. Really? Uh, but if I would have allowed my father to influence my following of Christ, that would not be good. But anyway, I didn't. So that natural relationship with my father, I overcame that frustration to pursue Christ absolutely. And, Chris, that resulted in my dad getting saved. Wow. And now he's with the Lord. So we just have to be careful what the Lord is saying here. Hate anything that frustrates, distracts, or hinders you from following him absolutely and enjoying him supremely. 
So not being personal about this hatred, what we're really hating here is a principle of anything, even anything natural and seemingly good that gets in the way becomes a frustration to our further experience, love, and enjoyment of Christ. Exactly, Chris. I mean, some people get saved. Some children of parents get saved, and the the family will renounce them. I mean, you know, we're persecuted. We can even be persecuted by our own family members for following Christ. But that we have to be careful. Don't let that hinder us from following Christ absolutely. If we follow Christ absolutely, the Lord will have a way to save our family members. So we we need to take care of this principle. The one thing here that we haven't touched, which is I'm glad we didn't, we'll get into it as we come to the next portion, is this part about hating even our own soul or soul life. And now we need, I think, the following verses to help bring this into a clearer view. Uh, As we go to verse 27, the very next verse in sequence, it says, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Yet this matter of carrying our own cross will very much be related to this matter of the soul life, won't it? Yes, it will. And I think Brother Lee will have a good word for us here, Chris, regarding this. Let's go to him now. Verse 27 says, Whoever does not carry his own cross. Who likes to carry a cross? Listen. What is to carry his own cross? That is to remain on the cross, keeping the old man in the termination of the cross. Christ has crucified you already. Now you have received Christ. You are organically united with him. So surely you participate in his crucifixion. Then you have to remain there. To remain there keeping your old man in the termination of the cross. This is to carry their own cross. Christ carried the cross first and then was crucified. But the believers in him have been crucified first and then carried the cross that they may remain in the termination of the old man, thus experiencing and enjoying Christ as their jubilee, as their life and life supply. Then verse 28, For which of you wanting to build a tower will not first sit down and calculate the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? This word and that in verse 31 indicate that to follow the Lord as a career. Don't consider to follow the Lord a small thing. It's not just a job. It's a career. Whole lifelong career. As a career, this requires us to give all we have and all we can do. Otherwise, we'll be a failure becoming the tasteless thought to be thrown out of the glorious realm to a sphere of shame. What shall we do? You consider. You have to pour out whatever you have. Ed, of course, he has added the next verse, which talks about the salt that loses its taste and becomes useless. We'll come to that in the coming portion. I want to go back now, though, and uh, talk about what we just heard, particularly in the context of what it means to carry our cross 
uh, his interesting point how the Lord first had to carry his cross and then experienced crucifixion, but we've already been crucified in him, and now we're charged to carry the cross. And then also uh, connect it to this matter of counting the cost before we uh, really make a proper decision about to follow the Lord. Right, Chris. Uh, To me, this is quite a revelation, you know, that the Lord first carried his cross, then he was crucified. But the scriptures tell us that when he was crucified, we were crucified with him. Mm -hmm. Galatians 2.20 says this. And then afterwards, we need to remain in the termination of our old man, ourself, has been terminated on the cross. We need to remain in that termination so that we can experience and enjoy the Lord. Chris, I'd like to make this very practical. You know, Brother Lee read these verses about counting the cost. And I think we need to realize in our Christian life, we have to pay the price. There's a price to pay to gain Christ, to enjoy Christ, and to know Christ. Uh, If you look at Matthew 25, Matthew 25 talks about the virgins, there's ten virgins. Five are wise, five are foolish. The five wise ones, they spent the time during their lives to gain more oil, which means to gain more of Christ as a spirit. And Chris, we need to do this every day. I mean, even to make the decision to rise up a little earlier in the morning, to contact the Lord, to enjoy him in the word and enjoy him in prayer. This is to pay a price, to follow the Lord. And like Brother Lee said, I really enjoy this. Following the Lord is our career. Mm. Our career is to follow him so that we can know him, gain him, be found in him, and enjoy him to the uttermost. We need to realize that following the Lord takes all that we have. We have to be absolute. But thank the Lord that we can take Christ as our absoluteness to follow him as the absolute one. Ed, we're coming to a point now that we have touched before in various programs in the life study of the Bible, but I think this is a particularly good opportunity to uh, emphasize it, and that has to do with the three potential outcomes of a human being's life before God. Uh, And we find that in this next passage that continues the thought here, and now I'm in verse 33, chapter 14. It says, In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not forsake all his own possessions cannot be my disciple. Therefore, salt is good. But if even the salt becomes tasteless, with what will its saltiness be restored? It is fit neither for the land nor for the manure pile. They will throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is very meaningful, Ed as it brings up the matter of the kingdom reward to the faithful believers, because it not only mentions the land or the soil as one outcome, and we know this refers to the church and the kingdom, but it also refers to the manure pile, which we all know that that would be the negative outcome in the universe, uh, hell or Hades. But there's a third possibility here, and that is to be thrown out, to be outside the kingdom, and to not be in hell or the manure pile either. Let's join Witness Lee for this again, very insightful portion. You are the salt. You should keep your taste. You should salt this corrupted world. Or you should kill and eliminate the corruption of today's world. Are you so? Probably not so. That means what? That means you have lost your salting taste. Then, where should you be? In the kingdom? You are not fate. Go to hell? Neither. Then where shall you be? It says clearly. 
Let me read to you this verse. It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. They will throw it out. Out of what? Out of the glory of the coming kingdom. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The word is more than clear. To God's salvation, God set up reward. Salvation is for you to enjoy today. The reward is for you to receive in the next age. To receive salvation, there's no term. But to receive the coming reward, there is a requirement. That is, you have to enjoy Christ in this age faithfully. Otherwise, you will be disqualified. You will miss the mark. You are in today's jubilee, but you will miss tomorrow's jubilee. So, be careful about it. Brother Ed, I can almost hear the sound of the pages turning. A lot of a uh, lot of Christians who uh, just have no realization of this third place. And of course, as we've talked before, this is not the only passage or portion in Scripture that reveals this third potential outcome. But let's talk about it in the context in which we've just heard it, Ed. Yeah, Chris, I think we really need to see that on the one hand, when we receive the Lord as our life and our Savior, we are saved eternally. That's one aspect. But there's another aspect. There's the aspect of reward and discipline. And the Bible, the New Testament, talks repeatedly about this. And that discipline takes place in the next age, the age of the kingdom of a thousand years. So, Chris, I was even considering in Matthew 25, you know, with the the servants there, the Lord says, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will set you over many things. Mm-hmm. Enter into the joy of your master. Right. This is a reward right. for faithful service. But on the other hand, the slave that doesn't follow the Lord, that doesn't care for the Lord in his lifetime, it says he's cast out into the outer darkness. Mm. Well, what is the outer darkness? Well, the outer darkness is some kind of discipline. Chris, there's another very good passage. These are just a few among many. In 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15, it tells us that if anyone's work which he has built upon the foundation of Christ remains, he will receive a reward. But the next verse says, if anyone's work is consumed, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Uh. So here you are, you give yourself to the Lord, you pursue the Lord faithfully, you get a reward. But if you don't, if you live in the flesh your whole life, you forget about the Lord, you cast the Lord away, there's a warning here. It says you will suffer loss, but you'll be saved. 1 Corinthians 3.15 says, this person will be saved eternally, yet so as through fire. Now, what fire is, I don't know, but I know I don't want to go through it. There's some kind of discipline there. So this should be a motivation for us and even a warning for us to pursue the Lord absolutely while we have this time and this life. So on the one hand, we're saved eternally from eternal perdition in the lake of fire. But on the other hand, the Lord does reward his faithful servants who follow him absolutely during their lives. And if we're not faithful, the Bible reveals that there will be some discipline and some punishment. 
Ed, I want to ask you a question here, a pointed one, because we receive this question a lot from our listeners and different ones who come in contact with the writings in this ministry. When this point comes up, inevitably, you will hear, and I would just imagine uh, many of our listeners are having this thought right now. Well, that puts it back into the realm of works and not faith. How do you respond to that? Well, uh, again, the where we put the, this matter all depends on these two aspects. On the one hand, our salvation it has nothing to do with works. We're saved by faith through grace. It has nothing to do with works. But the matter of whether we will be rewarded or disciplined in the next stage does have to do with our work. Because it says clearly, just as I read, if your work remains, you'll receive a reward. This is 1 Corinthians 3.14. If your work is consumed, you will be saved. But there'll be some discipline there. And that discipline is called fire. But the work we're talking about here really is nothing more than, as he put it, our faithful day-by-day enjoyment of Christ. That's right, Chris. We need to be faithful to enjoy him every day. Even, Chris, I've been touched recently, just every morning when we wake up to say, Lord, I consecrate myself to you today to experience and enjoy you. We need that kind of consecration. Right. What we're talking about here is that there's a price to pay for us to enjoy the Lord. Just like I said, to get up a little earlier, to contact the Lord in the morning, that's a price. But that's a small price to enjoy the Lord, you know? Uh, But there is a cost. We need to realize that. But the cost is so minimal because the enjoyment of the Lord is beyond description. Well, Ed, the Gospel of Luke, as we have seen, is the Gospel of the Jubilee. You've been reading some today from Matthew, the Gospel of the Kingdom. There's a strong connection, a correlation here between this kingdom age and the Jubilee. And what we have seen, and we'll see more as the life study of Luke continues, we'll get into in this next final section today, is that the coming kingdom age is really an advancement in the stage of the Jubilee. Yeah, that's right, Chris. I mean, you know, if we enjoy the Lord faithfully in this age, what the Bible reveals is that in the next age, we will enjoy him to the uttermost. That kind of enjoyment of Christ we can't even fathom. But our reward will be the uttermost enjoyment of Christ in the millennial kingdom. Let's go to Witness Lee for this. Look at today's situation. Too many genuinely saved Christians are not enjoying Christ faithfully. Today's jubilee is a salvation, and tomorrow's jubilee will be reward. And the very jubilee in the third stage in the new heaven, new earth, that will be full taste of God's full salvation. According to New Testament, hallelujah. God's kingdom today is just Christ as our enjoyment. And this is a jubilee. And this kingdom God, which is Christ himself, has set us free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of Satan, from the bondage of the world, even from the bondage of ourselves. And also has recovered our right of the divine inheritance that we may enjoy God in full in Christ even today. And this is God's salvation. And this is today's jubilee. Yet we have to remain here faithfully to enjoy God's Son, the all-inclusive Christ, as the all-inclusive Spirit. We have to enjoy Him 
properly and faithfully, and this will qualify us to enter into the coming age, into the kingdom. Luke 14, firstly, shows us the salvation. Following this, it goes on to show us the requirement for the enjoyment of the coming jubilee, that is, to enter into the kingdom in the millennial time. You may be saved, you have received salvation, but no way to get reward because you are not fulfilling the requirement for the reward. Well, Ed, I just want to linger on this point because this is a, a good further development. Uh, not only is the question asked that we talked about in our last break, but I was listening to a news talk program recently following the execution of this very now well-known heinous uh, criminal murderer who killed so many. And a question came up and was posed to uh, this so-called religious expert. If uh, this person had had a kind of repentance uh, just before they executed him, would that mean then that he is qualified for the full blessing of salvation? This really addresses this issue, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, Chris. And uh, Chris, the thing is, well, of course, if you look at the when the Lord died on the cross, he was put to death between two criminals. One of those criminals went with him to paradise that very day when he died. But again, that is something of eternal salvation. Whether you receive a reward or whether you're punished or disciplined dispensationally, that's a whole other matter. And Chris, one thing that I want to say to our listeners, one thing that Brother Lee pointed out, is we need to keep ourselves in the faithful enjoyment of Christ. Chris, this is the, to me, is the crux of the matter. Every day we need to enjoy the Lord. And Chris, I'd just like to mention to our listeners, we have four precious items that can keep us in the enjoyment of the Lord. One is we have the blood of Christ. If we fail, we can confess our sins. 1 John 1, 7 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins. And his blood cleanses us from every sin. That keeps us in the enjoyment of Christ. That's number one. We also have the word. We need to be in the word every day. Read the Bible every day. 1 John two fourteen tells us that these young men in the church, they're strong and they overcome the evil one because the word abides in them. Right. Then the third thing we have is the spirit. We have Christ as the spirit indwelling us. And we can enjoy the Lord very simply. Romans ten twelve and 13 tells us that if we call on his name, he's rich to us. And we can be saved, not just eternally by calling on his name, but saved from so many things. So even during the day, we can call on his name. We can say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I need you. Speak his name. Talk to him throughout the day. You'll enjoy him as the spirit. And then the fourth item, Chris, that I really enjoy is we have the church. Yes. We have fellow believers that we can fellowship with. Matthew 16, 18 tells us the gates of Hades cannot prevail against the builded church. So when we're in fellowship with believers in oneness, that gives us a way to stay in the faithful enjoyment of Christ. If we do that, he will be our reward in the next age. So, Ed, perfect point to end on today. The so-called work that's involved in this matter of reward is really the work of daily, faithfully, enjoying Christ. Uh, not work in the traditional religious sense, is it, Ed? No, exactly, Chris. Our, our labor, our work 
is to exercise our spirit daily to contact Christ so that we can enjoy Christ. A lot here in this one today, Ed. I really appreciate your help, and I really mostly appreciate how the Lord has shined, I think, in His Word in a marvelous way. And I hope that we hear from a lot of our listeners with genuine questions and their own fellowship as they consider these points. Yeah, Chris, I'd like to say to our listeners, this subject is so deep, and, and, you know, there's a lot of Scripture behind here that we don't have time on the radio program. I would really encourage our listeners to write in for the printed life study because you can study the truth so much better if you have the printed word in front of you. I think uh, the best thing we can do right now, give you our toll-free number and how you can contact us about uh, these questions about the printed material. And we would love to have more fellowship uh, with you over these things. And as Ed said, a lot more verses that uh, really help to strengthen these points. The toll-free number, one eight 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 life study 888-543-3788. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Ed Marks, this is Chris Wayne. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.